What's up, nerd geeks and gamers alike? It's your boy, Nerdy Nick, back with best friend Josh. What's up? For another episode of the N Squared Podcast. So, we are coming to you guys on the last day of May, May 31st, 2023, 10.14 p.m. And this is actually going to be kind of a, a different situation because we're recording tonight and uploading tomorrow. So, there's not going to be a whole lot of... Uh, we'll say shit and then we'll be like, oh yeah, you know, there's going to be a few days in between or whatever. Like it's just going to kind of be almost instantaneous. So, (laughs) so anyways, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? I was expecting the expecting, expecting. (laughs) I was expecting. (laughs) Freaking Mexican. Shut up. <laughs> I was expecting these. <laughs> you sounded more like German than Mexican. Yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah, and I was expecting the uh the loud was Yeah, after the last one, I'm not doing that to my ears again. <laughs> or anyone that's listening with headphones or car audio. <laughs> Yeah. Car starts shaking from the loud. What's Dude. up? There's this uh, British, the British uh, YouTube wrestling channel, the yeah. what, what Culture. So I listen to their podcasts as well. And there's mm-hmm. this one host, Adam Wilborn, that always goes, and guys, I'm warning you right now, I'm going to get a little loud. So three. And this is how the podcasts start, right? They'll do their little ad, and then it'll the ad will Die fade out. out. Yeah. And then you hear, and I'm going to do this, guys. So three, two, one, you've been warned. He goes, out of nowhere, right? Hello! And welcome to the What Culture da, 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 podcast. Oh, God, that's loud. And every time, I I know it's fucking coming. And every time it happens and I get mad that it happens. <laughs> so... Not doing that shit to anybody else. Because I don't like it done to me. <laughs> Talking about a serious wake-up call. Mm-hmm. And how. Oh, I really don't understand that phrase, but it doesn't really get said anymore. So it's not my problem. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not that old. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Get to your fucking usual Destiny rant here, so... What have you been playing? I've been playing Blockblast. Bro, you've been fucking <laughs> doing dumbass raids, bro. So don't even. You've been doing raids all weekend. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Dude, they were fucking fun. <laughs> they were fun. It's There's nothing more satisfying than going into it blind and figuring everything out. Bro, I'm going to argue with you on that point real quick. Have you ever gotten a pair of scissors when you're wrapping gifts for christmas and you just get that perfect okay okay there's nothing more satisfying that is the most satisfying thing in the world okay (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're right i can't argue that because that's really hard to pull off (laughs) uh thank you right so now that you stand corrected is the second most satisfying thing yeah (laughs) well there's a lot more satisfying things than that but Whatever. I'm this, talking about in gaming, all right? At part. least in a, a, a social uh, game. Apparently, you've never 360 no-scoped. 
I never got to that no life point in Call of Duty, okay? Listen, <laughs> I was 19 and fucking bored <laughs> and living on my own in college. Did you ever record the videos? <laughs> oh my god, 3CC no soap. Oh no. Then did you really 3CC no soap? <laughs> I can't <laughs> speak tonight. <laughs> you know what? The people that were in the party saw it happen, okay? Dude, I didn't know what the fuck screen capture was when I was 19. Oh my God. Playing on a 360. <sighs> I thought you recorded like footage with a video camera against the TV. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck a capture card was or anything like that. So behind on the times, man. Oh yeah, I had I had no idea what it. I was like, how do people? How do they do that? How are they getting footage from a video? What? You know, I was I was stupid. I didn't know how shit worked. Yeah, the only reason I knew that is because I had some friends that would try to fucking record. Mm-hmm. I knew about the Alcato back mm, then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it was like something brand new, and they're like, "Oh my god, have you ever heard about this? I can record videos now." I was like, "Your videos probably suck." <laughs> yeah yeah but other than that uh yeah no just block blast <laughs> is that a that's a phone game it's one of those stupid little phone games that I download when i play like some at work when i have like downtime i'm just like beep beep so you're, you're candy crushing it yeah yeah <laughs> what about you what you've been playing i actually started playing a lot of shit um so Still playing Hot Wheels Unleashed. Amazing game. And then I started playing... Um, well, I wouldn't say started playing because these are games that like... Okay, so I beat the Jurassic Park game on the Sega Genesis, which you can easily... not Okay, I shouldn't say easily do because that game, the physics and shit are ridiculous. <laughs> and the controls are... Yeah, it's it's a Sega Genesis game that was trying to do a lot. Uh, so I beat that, and then I got very frustrated and gave up about three-quarters of the way there on uh, WrestleMania, the arcade game for the Sega Genesis. Oh. <laughs> so it was made by Acclaim, who also did like the, the home ports and stuff for uh, Mortal Kombat. For the Sega Genesis. Oh, shit. And the WrestleMania arcade game is, it's digitized, just like Mortal Kombat was. So you have, like, the real wrestlers on the screen. It's not animated. It's the digitized style oh, where it's, like, pictures yeah. of them moving. Yeah. Um, oh, it's weird to think about. It's really Same. cool. Yeah. And it plays, like, Saturday Night Slam Masters. Mm, you gotta remind me of the That's the Capcom one. Uh, that I was playing, I showed you the other, well, like, fucking couple months ago. Yeah. But yeah, so it plays like that. It's very, obviously, it's an arcade game. It's very arcade Yeah. Um, but it does that shit like Mortal Kombat does. <sighs> Have you ever played the originals? Yeah. Okay. So you know how, <laughs> yeah, but you know how you, you go up the tower? Oh, you gotta go up the... So it's not a tower, you're... Moving on, it's funny because the transitions from like one match to another, they show your wrestler running across this basically like endless ring until they run into the next 
person to wrestle. <laughs> but in the towers modes, tower modes, whatever, in Mortal Kombat, they would do like endurance modes as well, where you fought like two enemies and your health didn't recover or whatever. Yeah. But you had to beat both of them. Right? WrestleMania, the arcade game, does that, but has you face both of them at the same time. Oh, God. Very fucking hard. I bet. Or I just really suck at the game. <laughs> I went, oh, God, I think it was like 0 and 8. Because it keeps count of your fucking victories and losses and stuff, right? Um, before I beat one duo and moved on to the next and was like, fuck this, I'm done. I can't. It's fucking impossible. Jeez. Yeah. And I wasn't about to put it on easy mode. So <laughs> I just, I quit. I did not become intercontinental champion. Oh my God. How, how dare you? I know. Um, and then what else did I play? I played, um, and beat twisted metal three. Nice. Yeah. Um, my first run through, I got to the North pole before I lost, no London before I lost all my lives. And then I didn't realize or remember rather that you can, um, change the button mapping. Oh yeah. And in twisted metal three, you press up to drive forward on the D pad. God. I fucking hate that. Ah, uh, yeah. And I was playing like that up until London, which is like the f sixth level, maybe seventh. I don't remember. But then I went back to the options and changed the fucking button mapping <laughs> and then to, you... for X to be gas. And I was like, this is so much better. <laughs> because that's how uh, Twisted Metal 4, I believe, is um is button mapped. Uh, PS4? No, no PS3? on the PS1. Ah. Yeah. One through four is on PS1. Oh, okay. Well, and small bro. But, um, yeah. So I beat that using um, Spectre. And in Twist Metal 3, Spectre's like the blue Dodge Viper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and his special's really cool. It's like the ghost missile or something like that. Phantom missile. It can, like, go through walls and shit. Ooh. Yeah, and it's like a... It's 100% with its accuracy. Like, if, if once it locks onto somebody, it, it's going to get them. Oh, geez. That's a really good special. Yeah. Uh, but his armor sucks ass. <laughs> it's like the lowest. It's like Mr. Grimm. He's like a uh, glass cannon, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then I popped in the Jurassic Park The Lost World on the PS1 and was playing through that. It's a very long game, and it's also a very fucking difficult game <laughs> you play as dinosaurs and humans in that game the fuck mm -hmm. um it's a side scrolling shoot em up when you're a human platformer as well and then when you're a dinosaur for the most part it's a side scrolling platformer but you can also like attack you know and, and whatnot yeah um didn't beat it but i played it through for a while and then today i started playing um one of my like all-time classics it's called tiny tank you might have told me about that one yeah, yeah so like you're a sentient 
tank. And he's like a smart ass and shit, you know? <laughs> and it's like a big arena type levels. The very, very large levels. It's a very ambitious game for the PS1. Um, you're basically like human humanity's last chance at survival because like robots have become sentient and are trying to take over the world and stuff. So humans are like bunkered down underground and you're this little yellow tank and you're out there to fuck shit up. <laughs> but it's really cool though because when you destroy an enemy, you get their weapon as an attachment. You can have up to four attachments on your tank. Ooh, nice. So you get like two on the front and then two on the back. And then you can move them around. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got pretty far in that today before I had to quit and get back to work. <laughs> Damn, so you've had an adventurist. Adventurist? I can't talk today. Why? Adventurist. <laughs> I've had an adventurist time. <laughs> adventurist. Yeah, adventurist. <laughs> Cheers, folks. Yeah. So I've been playing a lot, you know, and it. Oh, no. And then I'm going to get fucking killed if I don't say this. Um, I also was playing uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge with Brittany on the Xbox <laughs> One. Um, Saturday? I think no. it was Saturday because uh, yeah. she mentioned it. Right. When we were watching the show. Right. Was it yeah, Saturday or Sunday? One of the over the weekend. Yeah, that's what I should have said. Is over the weekend. Now I fucked up because now she's gonna be like, "What do you mean you don't remember? You don't remember <laughs> spending time with me and playing?" Uh, obviously, this is poor. I'm just digging myself deeper. <laughs> I'll be at your funeral Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> A week from now, folks. You heard it here. Um, yeah, that's always a fun game to play. It's really fun. I love that game. How how did she do? She did really good, uh, for the most part. It's a it's a pretty forgiving game. No. It's side scrolling beat 'em up. Yeah, you know, old school Ninja Turtle style. Um, she delivered the final blow on a few bosses. Oh. Yeah, yeah, she did pretty good. Um. And it always happens, dude. It always fucking happens in side-scrolling beat-em-up games. You're like, your health is really low, and then you die. And then if you just move to the next uh, frame or screen, there's fucking health right there. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've had that happen so many times. Well, I think when you and I uh, played through Streets of Rage 4... That probably happened. Oh, know. God. It's like, son of a bitch. I just waited. Yeah, like right there. Couldn't die on this screen. You know? like It's like the game does it on purpose. Because, oh, you just died. <laughs> Look. Right. Health, next screen. <laughs> Sucker. Well, anyways, that's pretty much what I've been up to lately, you know? Um, and I'm glad you've had time to play because I know last time, that pops. Last podcast. <laughs> Last podcast. Yeah. You're talking about how you didn't have time to play. I didn't have time to play shit. Yeah. 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 Kind of just had to make, I, I kind of just made time. Yeah. You know, in my mind, I was like, you know what, man? I am so tired of wishing or like 
in my mind, I'm always like, oh, man, I really want to play this game. I've got a, you know, like a hankering for this game right now. I really want to play it. Yeah, I'm going to play it later when I get home. And when I get home, it's like fucking dishes, dinner, and da 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 Adulting, right? Yeah. But lately, I've the last, like, 24 to 48 hours, I was like, fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm going to sit down and play my PlayStation. Ugh. Amen. And with that, we'll be right back after this quick short break. All right, and we're back. So, we're going to kick off some Q&A here. So first, coming from Jesse, he asks, With the success of the Super Mario Brothers movie, do you foresee an NCU, or rather Nintendo Cinematic Universe, happening with other game-based movies? And if so, is that a good or bad thing considering how sick some fans are of the MCU? I already have my opinion on that. Go ahead. I think it'd be a horrible idea to do like in a Nintendo universe. Because like he said, fans are sick of the whole universe thing going on. Like everybody's doing it right now. So I, they should probably just stick with making more Nintendo movies. Because that'd be great. I'm all for that. Yeah. But if they make it like a universe type thing, the only way I'll accept it if there's a Smash Bros. movie. Right. That's the only way I'll accept it. Right. <laughs> so, I would say that, for the most part, games and the Nintendo kind of like shared universe are that they're shared, for the most part. Yeah. Like, you can't have Donkey Kong without Mario, and you can't have Mario without Donkey Kong, right? That's true, but at the same time, there's, like, Donkey Kong 64. Yeah, but that's in the Mario universe. Or Mario's universe is in the Donkey Kong universe. Yeah. I mean, they both debuted in each other's game. Yeah. And it was actually the Donkey Kong game, the arcade game. So, I mean, I'm kind of on the same mindset that you're on of like, yeah, Smash Bros. movie. But then it's like, what is that movie even going to be? How are you going to make a movie of Smash Bros.? Like, it's like going to be like a tournament of power kind of fucking thing? Or? So, the whole, basically, there's like this god hand thing. Right. That you usually fight at the end of the Smash games. Yeah. And especially in the most recent Smash Bros, like he basically, you know, kidnapped a lot of the characters, Uh the majority of them. Right. And made like evil copies of them. Yeah. And you have to fight them in order to unlock those characters. Yeah. Their souls or whatever. Yeah. So there's already a storyline there. Granted, it's not super fleshed out in the game. Right. So you have a little bit of uh, playroom to create a storyline. Well, technically, the, the the hands were just hand like human hands. 
in the first game and yeah. all, all the characters were just toys. Yeah. So it's like... But I mean, like that's what I said, like with the new one, you can use a new one. Yeah. yeah. I guess I guess to like go on with with the question here, I would like to see like little Easter eggs. I don't think I need a, a shared Nintendo uh, cinematic universe. Do it like Pixar. Yeah, like how, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Little yeah. Easter eggs, like oh hey look, oh yeah, that's cool. You know, like in the in the in the Super Mario Brothers movie. I know you haven't seen it yet, but like Mario is playing on an NES. So. Like, it's little kind of, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, he has an F-Zero poster hanging up in his room. See, that would be the you way know? to go. But then also, too, like, they are eating at a punch-out bar. And they've got, like, pictures of all the boxers up there. Oh, do they have little Mac? Yeah, but they're actual boxers in that world, not uh, not game characters. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess to have Mario play on the NES and have like an F Zero poster in his room and stuff, it kind of like fucks up a lot of what you would think could create a, a universe, a cinematic universe. Because like, okay, well, what's What's real, and then what's a game? You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm struggling explaining it, but yeah, I don't think I need a Nintendo Cinematic Universe. I I do want to see more Nintendo movies. Nintendo movies, but it's got to be done right. Like, I do not want to see an animated Metroid movie. Mm. I want to see that shit live action. Yeah, that would and be don't better. tell me they can't do it because Metroid Prime's fucking commercial was the shit on GameCube. <laughs> it's very much like the Doom uh, twenty sixteen uh, commercial. Yeah. It's all live action shit, bro. Make a fucking Doom movie already. That's actually fucking good. Holy shit! Right, the fucking the main actor won't have any lines. Except if you add that one line at the end of uh, that DLC. Die! I thought it was no. Uh, I'm pretty sure he yells die. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, like, a Legend of Zelda movie 2. I'm kind of on the fence with that one, of it being animated or live action. I think that one's one of those movies or one of those games where I prefer it stays a game. Yeah, but I don't think you you could really logically expect that to stay a game. With the success of a franchise like the Mario Brothers, The Legend of Zelda is also one of the highest grossing franchises for Nintendo. Shit, you're right. You know, I mean, like, there's there's plenty to choose and I'm from. I'm pretty sure that franchise is older as well than the Mario Brothers. Shit, really? I believe so. Damn. I mean, like, there, there I granted, like, there is a lot they could choose from. Because, like, if they do Skyward Sword as a movie, you know, animated, fine. Uh-huh. You know, they, they'd be able to do it. It's, it's a pretty good story. It's what it's technically chronologically the first 
first um, I think they would do like a Breath of the Wild first, to be honest. Stay relevant. Yeah. You know. Look at look like they would probably look at like what are the top selling games out of this franchise? Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be fucking Breath of the Wild for sure. Yeah. Or like an Ocarina of Time. Which yeah, that's another hugely popular one. Yeah. So but yeah. I, I stick to the whole I'd rather them not make a NCU. Right. But if they make more Nintendo movies, I'm all for it. So our next question comes from Jeff Wittenhagen. He asks, with CM Punk and AEW, what would you like to see happen? So we're going to cover some CM Punk stuff later on, obviously. Spoiler alert. It's a subject. What I would like to see CM Punk do, aside from keeping his shit together, <laughs> is turn heel. I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah. he, In my opinion, he needs to turn heel. And he needs to stay heel for a while. Kind of like a storyline where it's like... Uh, Good guy possessed, and at the end of the movie, like a Majin Vegeta. Yeah? I need that, I think, with CM Punk. What about you? Um, I'm all for the, him, uh, the whole thing of him turning heel. Because using, you know, real life shit yeah. to push a story... Usually he's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's more intriguing that way, and it's it's like it's, it makes you as a viewer and as a fan like ooh, and it keeps you on your toes too. Tantalizing. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, because you don't know what's gonna happen next. So, oh. yeah. So next we've got a question from Brittany. She asks. What is a game you both wish you could find and get the next time you were to go out game hunting? Ooh. And she said, yes, it can be old as shit as well. <laughs> <laughs> I got mine. Go ahead. Omega Boost. Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Dude, that one... Ugh. I have some long-time memories for that. Long time. And I haven't touched that game in decades. Hopefully. Hopefully, you know, I would like to see a port of that game come back. Dude, that'd be... Or, um... You know, like, slightly enhance the graphics. If not, I'm fine with it either way. Yeah. But make it accessible on a PS5. Um, yeah. Like an online marketplace or whatever. Like that alone would probably push me to get, like, uh, like if it's on the highest tier for PlayStation's. Uh... Oh, for real, dude! I love that game. Damn, the I think it was like the opening cinematic is fucking crazy. Oh, it's so. It's, it's like so five crazy. minutes long, dude. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it is really cool though. Yeah. And what's crazy was that that game was only meant to really be, you know, one of those games that they used to show off the capabilities of the PS1. 
I'm going to look up right now how much that game is going for. Oh, it's not bad. To get it complete, according to PriceCharting.com, it's forty-four twenty-six. I'm not surprised. It's actually—I don't know too many people that actually know that game. I mean, it was a pretty popular game. Maybe like where you're from, it might not have like run circles around the market, but maybe that might be you the know, thing. Like, I, I had known that to be a pretty popular game over here. Really? Yeah. God, I wish it was more popular back home. Because I played it when I was in Texas, visiting uh, family over the summer. Family. Family. <laughs> so, you know, that, that would make sense. Granted, it's also, since it's such an older game, mm-hmm. you know, even though it's a, what, two-year gap between you and I? Like the How diff- old are you? 29? 29, going to be turning 30. Yeah. I'm 31. So, yeah, two years. Um, two years makes a difference, though, when you're fucking that young. Though. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like I was gonna say, the types of games that my age group played were probably vastly different than what your age group played. My yeah. age group was more into the PS2 era over the PS1. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I started on like NES and Sega Genesis. <laughs> well, I mean, I started on NES and Sega Genesis too. But it's because, like, a lot of the, like, my cousins and, like, people I hung out with, like, from out, like. Right, but, like, that's what I was playing. Oh, yeah. On a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And then when I got the PS1, I was like, what is this? You know? So, yeah, like, uh, the only reason I played games, you know, older games like that is because I hung out with older people. Like, you know, not that much older. Right. You know, and, like, since my uncle was a huge gamer as well. Mm-hmm. Probably still is. Probably doesn't play as much though. But um, he had that stuff. You know, he had a lot of the PS One games, like the good ones. Yeah. So for me, I got two options. Ooh. One that's on a high end, and one that's on a low end. <laughs> because yeah. So my high end game is Splatterhouse 2 for the Sega Genesis. I feel like a fucking idiot because I passed on it in 2019 for like 100 bucks. Maybe even less. Maybe it was like 85 bucks. Complete in box. Shit, if it was that much before. No, it was 2018, I believe. Yeah. So, it's not like super astronomical, probably what you're thinking. But nowadays, complete in box, according to PriceCharting.com, it is $306.74. Dude, that's way more than I thought. I was thinking like $200. Oh, yeah. Holy um, shit. I saw it loose at Bookman's. They had Splatterhouse 2 and Splatterhouse 3. And loose, they had it for about 100 And on price charting, loose, it says $99.99. So Fuck. I had a chance to even get it then, too. But I was like... No, I shouldn't. I mean, it is a pricey. Fucking... I had the money for it too. Like it yeah. wasn't a, a huge deal, but I was like, I should probably use the money on Brittany and Evelyn instead of myself. Yeah. I'm fucking mad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and low. 
Right, so the low-end uh, game is called C12 Final Resistance. Ooh. This is a later, I think it came out in like 2001, uh, later PS1 game. Okay. Third-person shooter, uh, aliens invading, you know, the planet, and you're this like dude with a laser eye, and you know, you're part of the resistance against the fucking aliens and shit. It's a really fun game. Oh, shit. It's a really fun game. It's even got like a little kind of like first-person mode that you can switch into and stuff. Um, I rented the fuck out of this game from Blockbuster all the time. It was it was like just it was that fun for me. Oh wow! And complete. It goes for eleven ninety two. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Definitely low end. Right, and I mean it. It's not to say anything bad of the game either. Yeah. It's just it wasn't that popular because it came out like towards the end of the PlayStation's life. 2001, people were playing Sega Dreamcast, um, PS2. I think Xbox might have even come out in 2001. So, yeah, if, if that's the case, and yeah. yeah, people were jumping ship for the new. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think they were making fucking uh, many more N64 games in 2001 either. I think Pokemon Stadium 2 came out or something like that. I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Bro, like paying three hundred bucks for a fucking Sega Genesis game. Oof. You know what I mean, dude? It's yeah. Like, I think I would be. I would probably, honestly, be happier getting C twelve, anyways. You play that one more? Yeah, I didn't really get into Splatterhouse until I was an adult, because I had never even heard of those games. When I was a kid. Yeah, I've never even heard of it until you told me about it when I first met Yeah. It. And I think the first time I heard about Splatterhouse was when the reboot came out for the Xbox 360 and PS3. And I was like, dude, this game looks fucking amazing. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, C12, I have, uh, like, you know, fucking nostalgia for. Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was a fun game. So it's safe to say that your pick overall would be C twelve, the final resistance. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have one last question from Evelyn. Oh. And she asks, what was your favorite match from AEW Double or Nothing? Anarchy. Anarchy in the arena? Yeah. 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 There's no question about it. Yeah. And we'll get we'll get to the, the pay-per-view here shortly in the podcast. Um so without getting into too much detail, you know, and get, getting into spoilers here. Um man, my favorite match. That one's it's it's really hard. Yeah. But as much as I love Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Man, I'm like, I'm, I'm ugh, conflicted. <laughs> I think my favorite match would probably be the Four Pillars match. Because you just got to see them all shine and show off their shit. Yeah, like we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, 
But I definitely, it, yeah, I don't know how to put it in words. It was, I hated the ending. It was like a sampler plate. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Because all of them, all of them had very different styles. And all of them got their moments, you know. Yeah, without getting into what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, this has been the uh, question segment. As always, I will be posting on Facebook, if you follow me on my personal account, and on my Twitter account, that's BuffNerd. So keep an eye out for uh, when I put those uh, little question uh, things out there. If you type in a question like these fine people did, <laughs> and your question can be heard in the next show. All right. This episode of the N-Squared Podcast is brought to you by the Game On Expo. America's largest gaming and anime convention is returning to Phoenix, Arizona, August 11th through 13th this year. There's going to be tons of tournaments, tons of sweet merchandise that you can buy from the event itself, as well as tons and tons of vendors. One of my absolute favorite things to do at Game On Expo is shop the booths, get the deals, go game hunting. Because unlike a lot of people, I like the thrill of the hunt, and I like to find my games in the wild, which I always have a great time doing at Game On Expo. There will be tons of guests, voice actors, which I can't wait for Game On to actually announce a very specific one. So once again, thank you to Game On Expo. We look forward to the return of the convention this year, August 11th through the 13th in Phoenix, Arizona. See you then. Wrestling. 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 Good old fashioned wrestling. It happened this weekend. The wrestling? The wrestling. Come here, boy, let's wrestle. You like them mud wrestlers? Oh, God. Like watching wrestling and all the oils? Yeah. <laughs> Getting all slippery and sweaty. Is that what you like? That's what I like, boy. I like that wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just made a new character for the show. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, so a lot of wrestling did actually go down this past weekend. There was uh, WWE, Night of Champions, and Saudi Arabia, which we're not going to talk about because I don't really give a fuck about uh, the pay-per-view for Night of Champions. Um, There was NXT Battlegrounds or something or another. Don't give a fuck because it's not my cup of tea. The main thing that I actually give a fuck about. A.W. Double or nothing. <laughs> Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah! Damn, you beat me to it. I was just about to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this was actually a really good pay-per-view. That seems 
to be very divisive on the fucking internets. Really? Yes. So, a lot of people were kind of making fun of or giving shit towards the lack of a, of a true buildup for this pay-per-view. The lackluster, I'm saying this in quotes, lackluster ticket sales. I mean, they, they ended up selling around like 11,000 in the arena. It wasn't a sellout crowd like they normally do in Vegas. But um, it was still 11,000 people. I know, it was a pretty large crowd. Yeah, and it wasn't like a quiet pay-per-view either, at least. No. I mean, granted, we had the sound bar and sub, you know, turned up pretty high. But at the same time, the, yeah, I think what it is, man, is like the, the IWC. It's the Internet Wrestling um, fucking cave dwellers. <laughs> Community. There we go. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't Didn't mean to upset those neck beards no oh god but anyways you got all these fucking wwe marks you know and fucking uh fanboys always hounding on AEW for this or that and it's funny dude AEW is like the most criticized professional wrestling company on this planet that is held to like a golden fucking standard that if it is never 100% gold, it gets ripped to shreds. Why? Because it's these old school fucking dumb, idiot, neckbeard, 40 to 60 year old fucking fans. They got nothing else better to do but be a fucking tryhard for WWE and bash on another company. Which is funny. It's like you should be happy that there's more wrestling. But but it's not good, dude. It's not good. That all their wrestlers are like really small. I could even beat them up. You know, so all they do is all these all this flippy bullshit. It's not wrestling. All right. There's too many super kicks in a match. It's not real. It's unrealistic. Man, like, we're going a little bit ahead, but if they were to see Darby Allen, do they really think, especially his performance this weekend? Yeah. Do you really think a normal person would be able to take that guy on? Fuck no. That. No. If you were to get into a fucking, like, look at, again, I understand it's pro wrestling. There's a very fine line you got to walk between saying it's quote unquote fake and fixed and choreographed, but also understand the real risks, the real damage, yeah, the real this and that. Dude, like pretty much like 90% of that freaking pay-per-view. Everybody was, was getting hurt. It was, like, yeah, it was it was pretty brutal in no. a lot of instances, dude. But real quick, what I was gonna say is, all that aside, you can tell when Darby wrestles, he doesn't really fucking hold back a whole lot. He he can't. <laughs> right. And if you were to like get into some crazy bar brawl with him. Good luck. He's like fucking Crash Bandicoot in real life. 
with the endurance too. Yeah. That dude goes on and yeah. on and on. He's an energizer bunny. Yeah. Anyways, so double or nothing opens with we're, we're not going to talk about the undercard stuff because it's just like whatever. Oh, the, 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 the Hardy Boys. What did you say? The Bayans. Yeah, the Bayan match. Yeah. There's only one, right? I think so. Yeah, there's yeah. only one. Um, so it started off with the Battle Royale, the the Blackjack Casino Battle Royale for the International Orange Cassidy Championship. I put his name in the championship because that's his motherfucking championship. <laughs> He's had like 22 successful defenses. Really? I think, yeah. Like, it's the Orange Cassidy belt. <laughs> they should just, instead of like the, the globe on it, they should just put an orange on or the, the belt. Or the thumbs up. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for real. Oh, man. So this uh, this one was like really good. I think one of the more memorable um, like battle royales I've seen in a while. Yeah. You know? And there was like a few times where you were like, oh, shit, orange might get tossed over the rope. Oh, there was a few times where his legs were like just barely like above the ground. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, no. Yeah. But in true Orange Cassidy fashion, he ended it in the most epic, nonchalant way. Right? <laughs> Fake out for a fucking Superman punch and just walks up and, and kicks Swerve's hand off the rope. Swerve falls to the ground. Yeah. And it's like, it was like the softest kick, too. <laughs> it's just this, boop. It was like a nudge more than a kick. I know. You know? And that, that was great. You know, Orange Cassidy retained. And it set up, I think, good uh, feud here. Because it was revealed tonight on uh, Dynamite that Orange Cassidy is going to be facing Swerve on Rampage this upcoming Friday for the belt. Oh. So we'll see. Hopefully, oh God, I would hope Swerve doesn't get it. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> fucking hate Swerve. Dude, wasn't he the one that went in like halfway through the match because he waited yeah, outside? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He wears those stupid fucking ski mask bullshit and yeah. Who's house? Swerve house. <laughs> and he had the audacity. The audacity. audacity. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say audacity. Exactly. To wait until um um what's his name? Uh, I was gonna say Bobby Lee. Fucking Keith Lee. Keith Lee. There we go. Bobby Lee, the comedian, <laughs> the know. little the Asian fucking chubby comedian dude. <laughs> Complete opposite. Yeah, total. No, he he had the audacity to wait until Keith Lee was tired out to go after his ass to get him out. I mean, granted, I get it. Fucking Keith Lee is a fucking powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah, but for real. Still. It's like... Yeah. Old te- your old tag team fucking member. So, the last three was... It was Penta, right? Was it Penta, Swerve, and, and Orange Cassidy? Penta... Uh, didn't they have that tall guy? Oh, so it was Big Bill. Yeah. So, okay. So, Penta was, I think, the, the last, last four. Yeah, the last four was Penta. Yeah. Big Bill. And then Big Bill. I loved fucking, I think it was JR. 
<laughs> they're talking about Big Bill's name. They're like, yeah, his name is Big Bill. Why? Because he's big and his name's Bill. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Golden commentary right I there. I know. Fucking great. Um, and then next up after that was, was it, I think it was the um, ladder match? Um, was it or was it that the Tony Storm match? Oh, we're gonna have to look up the lineup. Yeah. All right. This won't be chronologically ordered. That's fine. Yeah, that wasn't proper English either, but whatever. <laughs> um, I've been slurring my words like I've been drunk earlier. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> so. Let's talk about the ladder match with Wardlow versus Christian Cage for which, the, the TNT championship. Which, fuck Christian Cage. Yeah, fuck that. Who the fuck wears a sleeveless turtleneck? <laughs> right? God, that was horrible. And he does he does that all the time. Like, ever since he turned heel, that's his fucking gimmick shirt. God, it's ugly as shit. But, I mean, it works, right? It's a pompous assholey thing to wear. I mean, you heard the crowd. Don't you remember turtleneck? Mm-hmm. Turtleneck. Turtleneck. I do. <laughs> which I don't know why they were rooting for him. Unless they were making fun of him. Uh, which... It's probably just making fun of yeah. him. <laughs> Dude, that match was crazy, though. Oh, my God. Remember when he uh, made Wardlow fall on his gonads? Yeah, that didn't look fun on the ladder. Oh, no. Yeah, he, like, laid out the ladder. He was going to try to jump on top of him, fucking body slam him. I don't know. Yeah, that was, like, when they set up the ladder to go from the ring to the guardrail. Yeah. And then Wardlow was standing on it, and then... Magnets! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that looked bad. Oh, God. Or, let's talk about, real quick, the fucking interference... From Luchasaurus, that was then intercepted by um, Arn Anderson. Which he's a fucking, he's a real motherfucker. That's a real motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So Arn Anderson bit Luchasaurus's fucking thumb, bloodied fucking hell. Oh, yeah, that was brutal. Like, I want to see the aftermath of what Luchasaurus' thumb looked like after that fucking bite. Because after the match, Arn Anderson, had, when he was, like, smiling and talking and shit, had blood all up in his fucking gums, all over his face. None of it was his. Yeah, I know. That was wild. Because like, it looked like he was just, like, nibbling on his thumb. Yeah. And then when he finally manages to get him off of him, it's fucking just like drenched in blood, dude. dude I'm surprised. What? I am surprised it wasn't like fucking dangling off his hand. All right, like that was that was up there. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was fucking up there. And it wasn't even the peak of no. the, the pay per view. No, I mean, and then also too, a real big spot in that match was when Wardlow got up on what had to be like a 14 foot ladder. Oh my god! On yeah. the very top, Christian Cage on the table down below. Wardlow on the very top and did like a fucking. Um... Oh, he actually had uh, Luchasaurus on there because he was going to do it. To oh, Christian. that's right. That's right. But then Christian bitched out yeah. and ran away. Yeah, Luchasaurus was on the table and did 
like a fucking front. What did he do? Was fucking it like a fucking swanton bomb on? It was like a swan dive into a fucking front flip. Yeah, so fucking on the very top of the ladder oh, of, like, of this 14-foot ladder. On the very, very fucking top, on the thing that says this is not a step. Yeah. Is where he was fucking standing. You saw the reps rush in to hold on to the ladder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, that was... That had to... That had to be one of the craziest fucking things I've ever seen a big guy do like that. You know? Dude, oh my god. Like, if he was off even by a little bit, he would have overshot. Overshot would have fucking... Like, dude. Talking about, like, the real repercussions of shit. He could have fucking died. Yeah. Literally, he could have fucking died. Uh, but Wardlow beat Christian. Retained his uh, TNT title, which I'm really glad to see. Um. Uh, Someone speaking of retaining, who did not retain, we're moving on into the women's um, championship match, which was supposed to be Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. Oh yeah. So, in real life and everything, Jamie Hayter is said to be actually like really injured, so they had to find a way to get the belt off of her, but without damaging her character. Yeah. Right. So this was probably one of the best ways you could do it. And they had uh, Jamie Hayter pretty much get jumped from backstage following down to the entrance ramp by the outcasts, uh, Ruby Soho and um, Soraya. I was going to say Paige, but that's her fucking WWE name. Uh, Soraya. <laughs> They were beating the fuck out of her. They get her in the ring. You know, ref is like, are you okay? Can you continue? And she's like, yeah, ring the fucking bell. And they had like a decent kind of back and forth and stuff. But, I, and again, I don't know what the parameters to her injury are. Kudos for her to going out there, though, and, and doing even that limited amount of work. Um, yeah, because it looks like the injury was on the shoulder. And they were really going for that shoulder. Yeah. Big time. Honestly, she's fucking tough as shit for putting up with that. Does yeah. that look like it hurt, like, real bad? Yeah. One of the highlights from this match was, um, I think Tony Storm calls it sweet cheek music. It's like, a, like you know, Shawn Michaels had sweet chin music where you do a super kick. Yeah. So that was when Jamie Hayter was on her ass in the, in the corner in the turnbuckle. And Tony Storm comes running from across the ring at the last second, throws her hip into Jamie Hader's face. Dude, oh my god. And you just cool. see the fucking whiplash. Oh god. That you know, Jamie Hader unfortunately had to take. Like, yeah. Like that. that looked strong enough to like almost pretty much snap somebody's neck. Like she might have another injury to add on top or of the other concussion. One. God yeah. forbid, like Holy that, that. Crap. And so, a lot of people, when Tony Storm started doing that move, there was a lot of fans that were getting really upset and kind of outraged because they're like, "Dude, that's a that's like too much." Yeah, which is uh, kind of understandable, yeah. you know. But at the same time, <clears throat> excuse me, it's also pretty epic, and it's a very simple thing too, right? Yeah, it, it's. I liken it to when Darby Alley, Darby Alley, 
when Am I Darby, yeah, you? when Darby Allen runs into the corner and someone's in it, and then turns around and like hits him with their with his back. Yeah, you know, it's just this one's a little more directed at the head, so I get it. But yeah, that was probably like the highlight of the match. Dude, that was brutal. And the match was only like maybe four minutes, five minutes. It was pretty quick, yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, it makes sense. They don't want to make it last too long and really, really seriously injure her more than she needs to be, you know, since she's already injured. <clears throat> but I, it was hard to watch her getting beat up like that, but it was understandable in, yeah. in you know. In, in my mind, I was like, where the fuck is Britt Baker at? And like shortly after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. But um, yeah. Unfortunately, it is what it is. But I'm not gonna say like give it a down or whatever. You know. Given the parameters, it makes sense. It was like a necessary evil. Yeah. You know, because also too, you don't want to hold up the women's division by keeping the belt on someone who's injured. Yeah. And then create a whole, a whole other like interim title because that's what they did when thunder rosa got injured um tony storm was interim champion for a few months and then was acknowledged as the actual champion when thunder rosa or no when jamie hater won the title off of her at full gear so i want to say full gear was the pay-per-view the day after my wedding Ah, okay. and we watched that, yeah. So, anyways, then there was what was the other fucking match? There was a lot that happened. There, I know there was. Um, I guess we can talk about the the four pillars match. Oh, the second to last. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. That was probably the best four way um, match I've ever seen. Yeah. It was really good. I mean, there were there were spots all over the place. There were times when Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, and um, Darby Allen would team up against MJF. Like but from then, the get go, like from the get go, they just jumped his ass. <laughs> and I I gotta say, dude, like some of my highlights for this match was when the camera guy would get close enough to get MJF's vocal. Oh yeah, and you just hear. Oh fuck! <laughs> or like <laughs> shit. Or oh. no, no, no! Wait. That was fucking funny. You know. Oh man. <clears throat> Let's see what else, what what else happened. Um, oh god, fucking Jungle Boy actually like he did pretty damn good that match yeah. too. You know, like I, I was I on me personally, I felt like Jungle Boy was gonna be like underperforming compared to you know. Who he was going up against because I mean, Darby Allen. Yeah. Fucking just. He's always stepping on the damn pedal. Yeah, I mean there was a point in that match where MJF was like at the at the feet of the entrance ramp, and Darby Allen suicide dived out of the ring and laid MJF the fuck out. Yeah, that was crazy. But then there was also like Sammy Guevara had a lot of his a lot of moments too. I feel like. Yeah. Like, to go on to what you were saying about Jungle Boy, he's probably, like, the slowest of the three. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, of the of the three that aren't champ, right? Um, but he did okay. I feel like he had the least amount of action 
I mean, which I mean, I was kind of expecting that, but for the amount of action he did have, yeah, it was a little. It was like top notch for Jungle Boy, right? Yeah. Um, I guess I guess we we should say too right. Before the match happened, when Sammy Guevara was coming out, he yeah, came out with Ty Conti or uh, Ty Mello, his wife, and uh, they announced they're expecting. Mm-hmm. So that that was like okay, that was cool, you know. Um, personally, I think Sammy did his ex fiance dirty <laughs> by getting with Ty and all this and that, but that's for another another talk, another time. Yeah. But uh, that was pretty cool and. Which, I mean, after, like, because remember, uh, MJF ends up grabbing the mic and telling Sam. Oh, right. Later on in the match. Yeah. He yeah. ends up telling him and say, hey, you know, what was it? He's like, I think about the baby, you know, think, think yeah. about the money. Lay down. Lay down. Yeah. Lay down. I'll pay you. Let me pin you. And then Sammy, like, gets the mic. He's like, all right, all right, I'll lay down. And then fakes him out and rolls him up and tries to pin him. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I don't really think there was a chance anyone was going to walk away with that belt who's not named MJF. Yeah, because, I mean, I was going to say is that I felt like, you know, them announcing the baby then and there mm-hmm. was to set up for that. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. The way MJF is, he wasn't going to give up that belt. No, and, I mean, of course, in MJF fashion, he cheated to win. You know, what do you do again? So, Jungle Boy was on the ground. Darby Allen was at the top, on the top rope, turned around, was going to do a coffin drop. And then MJF grabbed his belt and threw it on top of um, Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. So, when Darby Allen came down to do the coffin drop, his whole back took on the entire championship belt. Yeah. I remember. Okay, I remember. And then. MJF pinned him, pinned Darby. Yeah. And I was like, God damn it, not Darby. Like, pin fucking Guevara. Pin Jungle Boy. Don't pin Darby. God damn. Ah, that was BS. Yeah. All right. So I had to look it up because I don't remember all the matches. Uh-huh. There was uh, the tag team championship map with uh, FTR versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lee. Oh, God. How with- did we forget about that? I know. That with, was great. With Mark Briscoe as a special guest uh, referee. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Dude, what, what was that moment? Uh, fucking, who was the guy? Um, he was literally, like, he was, they were trying to do the, the whole, you know, ref's not looking. Yeah. You know, let's, let's do something. Uh, Sanjay? I think it was. The, and, ball, the little bald dude? Yeah. Yeah, Sanjay. So he turns around just in time. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, 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 get back. Yeah. And he gets pissed off and he shoves him. Yeah. And he's like, no. And he shoves him back. I was like, oh, my God. Right. Dude, so, like, Mark Briscoe was the best ref I've ever fucking seen. Because (laughs) he he did what refs are supposed to do every fucking match. Yeah. You know, keep shit in line. If you see someone breaking the rules, you fucking stop them. Like, dude. Oh, he made all AW, WWE, whatever refs look like shit. I know. And it sucks, though, because that one female ref, what's her name? Aubrey. Aubrey. I I love the way she refs. I love how, like, you know, uh, exaggerated she is with her movement. Oh, 
gosh. But yeah, no, you're right. He yeah. fucking he nailed it as a ref. Yeah. And what who who did he kick out? Wasn't that guy in the suit? Yeah, it was uh, Sanjay and um, Satnam Singh. Yeah. Yeah, he kicked both of them out. But then <laughs> He's they... like, mm, oh, you're <laughs> out of here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was great. And then fucking, uh, I think her name's Karen Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett's wife mm. came out when Aubrey Edwards, because at a, there was a point in the match where Mark Briscoe got, like, knocked out. Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, I think Jeff Jarrett hit him. I remember right, but then and, um, because they brought out uh, I don't think it was a chair, but they brought out something and it was meant for guitar, no, because they hit the ref with the guitar. Well, yeah, right, they hit him with something. Actually, you know what? You're right, I think they did hit him with the guitar and they just had another one waiting for the ref. Well, yeah, because when they walked out, they had two guitars one said Cash, one said Dax. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, for the uh, dudes in the FTR, yeah, so they ended um, up knocking him out, they had but the, then. Uh, Jeff Jarrett's wife, because Sanjay wasn't letting um, Aubrey Edwards go down to the ring. Yeah. Because Mark Briscoe was incapacitated. So <laughs> she just fucking comes out of nowhere, Jeff Jarrett's wife, and breaks the fuck out of a guitar over Aubrey Edwards' head. Dude, that was wild. I loved that. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that. Oh my god, I remember who we were just looking at each other like what? Like they did that for real? Yeah, I think. So in this match they had was it two refs go down? And then there was another ref who went down in another match. And he was bleeding, if uh, you remember. That, I want to say that one for last because that was uh the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. Man. Yeah, like AEW refs had a very bad night. Oh yeah, <laughs> double or nothing. I want to say that one for the last. Yeah, because that that match was fucking right. But FTR ended up retaining the belts. Yeah, you know as they should have. And then, um... oh yeah, we'll be right back after this quick break. <laughs> Fake out. And we're back. So next was probably Ricky Starks. Wait, no, Ricky Starks didn't have a match. No, because I he know he was in the Battle Royal. I know they had the uh, TBS Championship match for the girls' t- uh, title. That's right. Versus Jade Cargill, dude. That was a really good match too. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. I think, and I've I've kind of had this. Uh, for a while, this like thought of Jade Cargill for a while now. Like, I think she's kind of like reached her ceiling and needs to diversify her her training mm-hmm. Be- because like she she's got a great look, right? Yeah, big powerhouse, whatever. But her shit is basic as fuck, and she still looks uncomfortable in the ring to me. Like she still looks new type thing. Yeah, and part of the reason why is she's not featured every week. She's not wrestling every week. She's not wrestling every Wednesday and Friday. She's not wrestling. Like, yeah, and and she really should. She's she was like the women's TBS champ for like 500 and some days and she's only 60 and 0. Yeah, that, you know what I mean? So like <clears throat> I Yeah, mean, it's not that many matches but you and, and it, it's not and I don't know what her training looks like outside 
you know, of the show or whatever. But I think she would really benefit from like fucking spending some time in Japan or going down to some fucking dojo in Mexico and learning. Like she just, she needs to get more ring time in. Yeah. In my opinion, because she still looks really like stiff and kind of like non-committal to certain things. Like one thing, uh, like thinking back on it, you're right. Like one reason I like the match though is because Taya Valkyrie herself fucking mm-hmm. gave Jade. Oh yeah. Her money. She was like one of the best challenges that Jade's ever had. Um, she was able to match like the physicality. Oh yeah. You know a lot with that Jade provides. Uh, but one thing I would say, like you know, in like I said, in retrospect, um, Jade does rely a lot on her strength. Like, she doesn't rely on, like, moves or, or or any developed skills or anything. It's mainly her strength. It really is. And, like, the thing, too, is they tried to build her up to be, like, a female Goldberg. Because, like, Goldberg back in the WCW days had this, like, crazy undefeated streak of, like, 120-whatever wins Damn. and no losses, you know. And he did the big, you know, big front cl- front kick. You know, big old boot, you know, slam him to the ground. And then he had, like, his jackhammer move, you know, he lifts you up, spins you, drops yeah. you. Um, I just felt like her shit was kind of getting old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I see what you mean, and I've only seen her in the uh, pay-per-views. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. the fact that, you know, you see, you probably see her more than I do. Well, I mean, yeah, you know. I watch the product all the time. So. Yeah, so you definitely, definitely have it, you know, narrowed down. Yeah. So, I mean, the match was pretty good. It didn't run terribly long. It was probably like an eight-minute match or something. Yeah. But um, Jade obviously ended up winning. <coughs> Excuse me. And then uh, Mark Sterling, her, you know, lawyer, whatever, comes out and is like, let's celebrate 60-0 and and... You know, we've been here and we've done that and da 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 da. She's she'll fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. And then of course you know when when he was saying that, you're like, someone's gonna fucking come out now. Right, someone's like, gonna come out and be like, All right then, I'm gonna fucking cash in on this opportunity like it's money in the bank, bitch. Yeah, you said anytime. Yeah. And out of out of the blue, I was not expecting it. Chris Statlander makes a return after like almost a year of being away with ACL uh, tears and and shit. Mm -hmm. Comes down on a tired and overzealous Jade and just fucking clocks her ass. One, two, three, new TBS women's champion, Chris Statlander. Yeah. And like, I pop huge. Oh, I remember you were like, you go, girl. Yeah. You go, girl. <laughs> yeah, I was like fucking popping, man. It, it was great because I was always waiting for her to come back and put an end to Jade Street. Yeah. That was originally, I guess, the plan a while ago, but you know, she was out with fucking injuries. So. Yeah, especially with a torn ACL, that takes a while. Oh, yeah. I think it's like anywhere from like six to nine months at least. I mean, and shit, a lot of like professional athletes – don't ever recover from that shit. Yeah, some don't, man. Some don't. She uh she wrestled tonight on Dynamite and um 
She has two leg or two knee braces on both legs. Oh shit. Yeah, like you know, like the big ones with like the metal sidings. Yeah. Yeah, she has those on. But um, you know. Yeah. So we also had the uh the House of Black versus I forgot it doesn't say the House of Black. <laughs> uh who are they going against again? The acclaim. Yeah. Scissor me, daddy ass! <laughs> oh dude, the acclaim, yeah. When when that happened, Brittany ran to our, our bedroom so fast and back out into the living room with an acclaimed shirt on. Oh yeah, because wasn't it an open uh Yeah, it was open challenge. Yeah, open challenge. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we didn't know who was gonna come out. Yeah, oh, and then my all God. of a sudden you hear boom doom boom doom. Yo, yo, listen, listen. The acclaim, da, 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 you know. <laughs> Oh, man, I've never seen Britney run so fast, though. Dude, me neither. <laughs> I'm starting to think she's got fucking crushes on him or something. Oh, man. my gosh. Gotta keep her away from those boys. I forgot who won that one. The House of Black. The House of Black. They beat the fuck out of Anthony Bowens for a long time in that match. I don't know. I remember you were saying, oh, man, this is hard to watch. Yeah, because it was just like, he was not able to get like any offense in. And then, like, he couldn't ever hardly fucking tag out. Well, see, my my issue with that is that I get it. They're trying to make it a little dramatic, but he did too much of the whole slow crawl to reaching out for too yeah. long to try to get a tag. I was like, move! Just fucking move! Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> and then, of course, House of Black took complete advantage of that and fucking whooped his ass. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Hopefully he's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, he's good. He was on Dynamite tonight. Um, but then, like, the highlight of the match for me is when um, Billy Gunn got tagged in and just started wrecking everyone until he got caught. <laughs> yeah. And then he took the pin. One, two, three, House of Black retains. Yeah, I felt like that portion was a little too quick because, like, he was steamrolling just... just unstoppable yeah and then he gets smacked like once or twice and then down and they pin him he's an old man <sighs> i mean he's an old timer he's like almost 60 or something like that true but you'd think he'd have some kind of like tolerance to pain at that point i mean he is a pretty this. big jack dude yeah i mean <sighs> excuse me yeah um yeah that was probably like the standout for me in that match was billy gunn just going to town yeah the lighting actually was really cool, too, the whole time during that match. Oh, it was uh, the blackout? Yeah, so it was like they had spiral, like, light shapes along the, uh, on the crowd. Yeah. So it looked like, kind of like fucking Twilight zone I know, it, yeah, know? it was messing with me a little bit. It almost looked like they were wrestling in a, like, time warp or something like that. Yeah. It was really crazy to see. I really liked it a lot, but they kept the ring illuminated like great yeah and it was really cool and like i think i told you i was like this is how matches in new japan look yeah the crowd's really not lit up that much and it's mostly just lit up on the ring yeah and that's what i like you know and um, although what sucks is that you don't get to see the funny signs in the background true yeah <laughs> yeah but either way though pretty good match yeah uh we also had adam cole versus chris jericho and the unsanctioned match. Dude. 
Dude, Jericho got his ass kicked, boy. <laughs> he also got his ass kicked again tonight by Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Really? Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, because they, they challenged him, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, Soraya and um, uh, Jericho, yeah, laid out that challenge after they got their asses whoop. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, I re- remember when he brings out the chain. Jericho brings that out, but then Adam Cole ends up actually attaching it, making it uh, kind of like a dog collar, but it was on the wrist. Yeah. And he really used that to his advantage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, this match actually, I guess, got a lot of flack from the online losers. Because um, they were like, oh, they should have kept all the, the craziness and brawling going on, you know, with the, all the other guys. Yeah. Because, like, granted, it did go away pretty quickly. You know, like the, the Jericho Appreciation Society against, like, Sabu and Roderick Strong. Wow. You know, like... But again, that's not the main focus. The main focus is the fucking heat between uh, Jericho and Adam Cole. Yeah. So, like, while it was cool to see that craziness going on for, uh, you know, a few minutes, that's not what I'm looking to see. I'm looking or I'm watching to see Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, it was it was nice. Like, I respect Jericho, you know, for him being in... As long as yes, he has and gaining the respect that he has. Yeah, I just don't like him. <laughs> so it was nice to see him get his ass beat. God damn it, Ron Burgundy! Do I not <laughs> like you? But I sure as hell respect you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there was. I think we covered pretty much everything except the buy-in, and except the last match. Yeah. God, the anarchy in the arena. Oh my God, they could not have named that thing, that match anything better. Yeah, it was the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. Man, like right off the bat, they just went for it. Oh yeah, and we should also say this too: there was a live band playing Wild Thing, like during the entrance for the, the Blackpool Combat Club. And the lead singer at one point... Well, first of all, that band played that song, I don't know, three or four times over. Because they were just going at it. And the band just did not stop playing. They were... Like, all right, so the Blackpool Combat Club, they, they came in from the stands and yeah. all that. They, they were coming in, you know, from with the crowd. The elite on site, just like, fuck it, they started. Yeah. And the band was playing on the, at the entrance ramp. Yeah. On top of it. So while all this mayhem is going on, the band is just fucking over there chilling, just jamming out. Right. Fucking having fun. It was great. It felt like a bar fight. Yeah. It was great. It, it was almost like you were watching a movie. Yeah. You know, like when a fight happens and there's music playing and stuff. Like the song was great. Oh, it set great the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, that was what we walked, uh, Brittany and I walked down the aisle to after we were announced husband and wife and we had our belts. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Even better. Yeah, because that's <laughs> that's Moxley's walkout song. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was like tax, right? 
Oh man, you're skipping over a lot. Broken glass. I mean, yeah. Barbed e- wire. Exploding shoes. All right. <laughs> oh fucking um, what's his name? Uh, dude that looks like Jason Salem. Oh, uh, Claudio Casagnoli. Claudio, he took that guy to the fucking outside in the pickup truck. Yeah. Bed. Yeah, and fucking like dumped him on his head. I think it was Matt Jackson he yeah. did that too. Yeah. I was like, holy fuck. I mean, like, he took him out to the lobby, fucking was whooping his ass. Yeah, they were fighting everywhere. Oh, I know. Yeah. And then when they first went, uh, like, we're coming down the fucking, uh, you know, the, the stairs in the crowd. Uh-huh. When the elite went out to go get them. I think it was uh, Daniel. The, uh, Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson. I think they had him. I don't know exactly how this fucking happened. But he somehow was on top of the fucking like the, the railing, mm-hmm. you know, the hand railing, and they made him fall onto his nuts. So oh. those four nuts hurt that day. Oh yeah, oh yes. <laughs> and then when he's like holding onto it because he's hurt, they fucking slide him down the railing. <laughs> you you yeah. missed it because you were looking away. Oh. Yeah, they slid him down the railing. He's just like oh, just sliding down. They push him off. That was fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, it was Kenny Omega with um, uh, Moxley. Moxley, yeah. right near the uh, ramp. Uh huh. When they br- they had that big ass because uh, oh, the chip, poker chip, yeah, uh, the yeah, poker yeah. chip. And then he just tears it down, puts it on the floor. This fucking barbed wire behind it, dude. Yeah. Oh my god. Fucking Moxley suplexes Omega onto the uh, the fucking barbed wire. Dude, no, they were like struggling to get each other onto it because they're like, "No, you're going no." Yeah, you. but then, but then Omega eventually got him on the barbed yeah. wire, and oh, it was god, like that was we're fucking cool. even. <laughs> dude, there was that. Uh, that's when one of the refs got hurt. Like, oh, I don't okay. know exactly how it happened because there was so much going on. Yeah. But the ref got a, a huge gash on his forehead. Yeah. Bleeding. There were there were a few times during this match where they were showing like different cameras at the same time. Yeah, because there was so much going on. Yeah. They were all over the place. Yeah, and then like fucking Hangman was um I think he was going back and forth with Wheeler Yuta for a bit and then Brian Danielson as well. Oh man. Who's the one who had the eye patch? That was Hangman. Hangman, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember at one point he takes it off. I think he was looking at Brian Danielson. Yeah. When he takes it off. Well, because he was the one who jabbed a screwdriver into his eye. Oh, yeah. They brought up the screwdrivers today, yep. too. And the fork. Yep. Oh, man. That was brutal. Who got the fork? Uh, Kenny Omega. Oh. Yeah. That's... Kenny Omega got the fork. Like. Because I remember hearing someone say, oh, my God, he got the fork again. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like. No, that's not a fork. Yeah, I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. And then it was a fork. And I was like, oh, fuck, he's got the fork. <laughs> I like how that's his thing now, the fork. Fork, man. <laughs> and he had it in his boot wrapped up in some uh, bandages or something. And he just whips that out and starts unwinding the bandage. I'm yeah. like, oh, no, the fork. Uh, there was that. Um, when Claudio, you know, Slams that dude's head in the fucking truck. That dude uh-huh. comes back. Because right. he was out for a good second. Matt Jackson. He was out for a good second. He comes back because they were whooping everybody's ass because four against three. Right. So he comes in. 
whoops a little bit of ass, and then they get him. Right, that's but when, when they... he comes back, that's also when he super kicks um, Moxley in the face, and there was like a fucking firework attached to the bottom of his shoe. Yeah. Oh my god, that was wild. I was not. I don't think any of us were expecting that. No. And it was just like this big old fucking flash and sparks everywhere. And, and... Brittany was like, "He's a wizard." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Jericho! You got a new wizard in town. Yeah. Yeah, and then, um, that's when they uh, remove his shoe. And that's when they had the glass and the tax. Yeah, they, they pour the, the tax onto the, the the ring. Yeah. And then they, after removing his shoe and his sock, they pick him up Oof. and slam him hard onto those tacks with his a bare foot. Oh, man. He's just like, oh. Yeah. God, that was brutal. And yeah. then it, that, that wasn't even the worst part. Yeah, they fill his mouth with fucking glass and tacks. And then they have uh, Wheeler Utah, right? Uh-huh. Fucking kick him in the face. Yep. And then you just see tacks flying everywhere. I was like, what the oh, fuck? Bro, that was pretty bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. There was so much going on. And then, like, as the elite, or Kenny was about to, like, secure the win, fucking Don Callis comes out with uh, Kanosuke Takeshita. Who oh, was man. a good guy. Was. And just yeah. fucking ultimate screw over again. And Kenny gets pinned by fucking Wheeler Yuta of all people in the combat club. <laughs> I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Not like this. Fuck. But it was cool though. I know. I know you're disappointed because I know you go for the elite. Yeah, man. Like Kenny's my guy. Yeah. I just got his fucking special edition uh, figure. Yeah. You know, it's all on the wall, and I'm like, but rip. Overall, though, that match was like, it was peak AEW. Yeah. Like you even said it, and I was like, they it can't get better than this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. And like, I'm glad that was the main event because. Oh, yeah. If anything had to follow that, it would have been a dead crowd. Oh yeah. Even the the pillar the four pillars match with the title. As crazy as that match was, and as good as it was, there's no way it would have topped that. Now. Yeah, yeah. No, I it, mean, there was a point where they got I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Hangman. Uh-huh. Grabbed a bucket, like the popcorn bucket. Yeah. From one of the crowd, uh, people in the crowd, put it over, I think, Brian Danielson's head. Yeah. And like punches him or something. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? And I saw him reaching for another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, oh. that was really good. I think, uh, like, overall, if we were to give it like a grade rating for the pay per view, I'd give it like an A minus. A minus? Yeah. Oh, overall for the pay per view. Yeah, yeah. for the pay per view. Yeah. Yeah. Because. I don't think it had really any duds. No, because all matches were pretty good, but there were some that were not as good as the other ones. Yeah, like the House of Black one was kind of, like I said, a little hard to watch. Yeah. To me, that was very like 20 fucking 12 WWE. <laughs> and then... Tony Storm one. Well, that one, I was like, I, I get it. 
Yeah. That one kind of gets just like a pass for me. Oh, okay. But the Jade Cargill match. Going up based off what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm just not a fan of her. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, earlier on in the show. I mean, Taya Valkyrie, though. Like, that's one reason I did like that match, though, is because of Taya Valkyrie. Yeah. She did really good. Yeah. Um, bro, shut up. You just like her because she's thicker than a snicker, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to deny it. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I think the three best ones were, of course, the uh, four pillars, the blackjack match, and the final, the main event one. <laughs> Anarchy in the arena. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that yawn. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I would not mind rewatching that Anarchy one. Yeah, yeah, for real. That was a pretty good one. I feel like there was so much going on that I, no matter how much I paid attention, I didn't catch everything. Yeah. So I would like to rewatch it. Yeah, be able to rewatch it. Unfortunately, I'd have to pay for the pay per view again. Oh, really? Yeah, because you only get it for like. You only get it for one viewing within a 48-hour uh, window, I believe. Ah. Uh, yeah. Eventually, somebody's going to put it out on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Yeah, I, I know you give it a, a A-, minus, but for me, it's more of like a, 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 one, a 1 through 10 scale. Definitely give it probably like a 9.5. All right, then I'll give it like a 9.1. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. But that last match, though, fucking 11 out of 10. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think for me, like, the top three matches would have to be, like, the four pillars match, the ladder match, and... I know there was a lot. Yeah, probably the anarchy in the arena. It's either that or the blackjack one. But the reason why I put the ladder match in was because it showed off more of uh, like Wardlow's skill. Yeah. And yeah, because I mean brutality and Wardlow definitely like from previous like pay per views that I've seen, he does rely just like Jade Cargill. A lot on his strength. Yeah. But this one did, you're right, it did show a lot of what he can do. Yeah, he had like a lot more, a lot more agility based moves this time around and stuff. It was crazy seeing him do like fucking moonsaults and shit. Dude, that guy for his size is fast. Yeah, I think he's like 6'3, 270. No, he's huge. Yeah. But, and he's fast for that size. Right. Yeah, so I don't, I don't see what, why, you know, Christian Cage thought he could beat him. Well, Christian Cage is a pretty big guy, too. He's 6'3", like 240. Still. Or 220, maybe. I don't know. (coughs) But he relies a lot on cheating. Well, yeah. He's a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back after this quick break. What? 
What, did you have to go pee or something? No, no. Oh. All right, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping with AEW, tonight is Wednesday. And as they say, you know what that means. It's time for Wednesday Night Dynamite here live on TBS. <laughs> so, tonight. How much have you practiced that? Oh, dude, I mean, every day in the mirror. Oh, God. <laughs> no. So, tonight was Dynamite. And there was a major announcement made by Tony Khan. Oh, yeah. Regarding the new show debuting on June 17th, Saturday night. Saturday night pro wrestling, which I think is great. It's a big gamble because it's Saturday, right? Like, yeah. But it's going to feature a lot of stars that have kind of been like, not around or kind of pushed to the side lately because there wasn't a whole lot to do with them. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Bigger stars too. Like Thunder Rosa will be on there, for example. Samoa Joe is going to be on there. Oh, wow. Um, uh, Miro, fucking Andrade. Um, uh, right. And more. I can't remember off the top of my head. My brain's kind of fried just going over that whole pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, and Tony Khan tonight said the AEW Collision debuting June 17th from the Wintrust Arena, Arena in Chicago, Illinois will feature CM Punk. Yeah. So they just went right for it. Fucking no surprise. Redebut, mm-hmm. holding out for the show. No, none of that. They just went and said, he's going to be there. It wasn't a will they, won't they thing. And I think a lot of, I think the reason, a couple of reasons why they did this was, number one, fans are getting kind of tired and, and antsy about the, is he uh, still a part of AW? Is he not? What the fuck is going on? There's this drama, that drama, da 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 da. Yeah. Number two, you're going to get a spike in viewership for that debut episode. Because oh, yeah. now people know CM Punk is there. Oh, yeah. People already kind of figured as much, but now they know. So that episode is must see. Regardless, I mean, it's a, it was a brand new show. With or without CM Punk, I was tuning in. Yeah. But now that you have him in there, I'm for sure turning in. Yeah. There was no question before, but there's, you know, you know what I mean. Even like, less now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And at number three, spike those ticket sales, baby. Oh yeah. You know. Yep. It's in CM Punk's hometown. Like. Yeah. So. It is a really big deal. And. I want to kind of go on a little solo rant here for a minute. I am not the biggest CM Punk fan out there. His time when he was in WWE, I wasn't really consistently watching WWE and all of its shows or, you know, SmackDown and, and raw consistently. I was, much more of a, a gamer and college student at the time, but I did tune in occasionally when they had, um, you know, the celebrity hosts and stuff. Like I remember the 
the big show was fucking Pee Wee Herman's cousin, you know, like in an episode and Donald Trump bought, you know, WWE and, and so on and so forth. But I wasn't really like a constant viewer and I never really, I don't know. I wasn't one of those, uh, you know, CM Punk fans. No fault to his own or whatever. But then everything happened with the brawl out from All Out. And I was like, damn, that's kind of fucking shitty. I remember I was watching the press conference afterwards and I was like, damn, why the fuck is this guy ripping into everybody so hard? He's like acting like a fucking prima donna. Maybe all the rumors and stuff were true about this guy and so on and so forth and blah, 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 blah. One thing is for certain, and that's that CM Punk on television and on pay-per-view in the ring on promos is good business for AEW's business. It's kind of like a necessary evil if you want to look at it that way. I have a mixed reception to him coming back. My wife, Brittany, is more on the camp of like, well, eh, okay. You know, I mean, we're big elite fans to begin with, you know, and um, at first, I don't think Brittany really even liked the elite, but then they kind of like grew on her and whatever, but it's just that, that kind of professionalism and whatever happened. I mean, like, again, we weren't there. We don't know what happened behind closed doors or whatever. I know that Kenny Omega got Kenny Omega got bit in the fucking forearm by Ace Steel. That much is for sure. <laughs> um, I know that there was a brawl and, and shit happened, but um, CM Punk coming back is good for business. It's going to rack up ticket sales it's going to rack up viewership ratings and here's the fun part with the actual literal heat on cm punk from a lot of aew loyalist fans you can turn this guy heel you can turn this guy heel real quick now AEW viewers get a version of Punk that they didn't get during his year-long run with the company. There's so much you can do. And there's so much curiosity amongst the fans now and viewers and spectators and, and even the, the haters. of like, What is he going to say? What is he allowed to say? What is he going to do? What is Phil Brooks going to do? I'm interested. We are 18 days away or 17. No. Six. What? It's June 17th. We'll just say 17 days away or 16 days away or whatever. Um, I'm I'm fucking being literal here because I'm recording on the 31st and it's going to be uploaded on the 1st. So whatever. But anyways, we're just a little bit over two weeks away from the debut and I think a lot of butts are going to be in a lot of seats. And this is also great for the uh, London show. All in. I 
think this is going to be really great for the uh, Forbidden Door pay-per-view as well. So there is definitely a lot to look forward to and a lot of what the fuck is going to happen. But one thing is for certain, he is back. And I think we all just need to kind of accept that, move forward with it, and see where this crazy fucking roller coaster of uh, a ride you know, is going to go and how it's going to be. I mean, but at the end of the day, again, I want AEW to thrive and survive and flourish. There's more pro wrestling on TV is a win for me. I think a lot of pro wrestling fans need to adopt that uh, um, point of view because at the end of the day, we're all pro wrestling fans. We all love pro wrestling. I think some people might be brand loyalists and maybe not only, or maybe not even love pro wrestling, just love a certain brand of pro wrestling, a certain logo of pro wrestling. But it's going to be good. As long as he keeps his shit together. Hopefully, apologies have been made. Rights have been, or wrongs have been right, righted, whatever. And cooler heads prevail. I still think it's really bold that they just came out and said CM Punk is going to be there. Because normally, like AEW holds out, does big surprises, does, you know, big uh, um, unexpected announcements, etc., etc. And they really put a lot of effort into the buildup for Collision, which, I mean, they really should because it's a brand new show, you know. So you want that hype. You want that buildup for this show, you for this program. So I'm very excited. I was already excited for Collision to begin with. On Saturdays when there's not a UFC fight night or UFC pay-per-view on or a pro wrestling pay-per-view, whenever really there's like nothing going on on a Saturday night, I'm always like, man, I wish there was some pro wrestling on right now. And Collision is going to be a two-hour show. So at the end of at the end of the day, like I win. CM Punk or not, Collision is around. But the main emphasis and point here is CM Punk is good for AEW's business. Whether you like it or not, whether you're a fan of his or not, it's going to bring eyes to the product. It's going to bring back different, it's, it's going to bring different eyes to the product as well, because there might've been some people who heard about the, the all out brawl, didn't watch AW before, maybe we're just like WWE loyalists or whatever. And now that they heard CM Punk is coming back, they're going to tune into Collision. And I think Collision is going to have a different look and a different feel of AEW than, than Dynamite does or Rampage. And hopefully so. I hope it differentiates itself from uh, Dynamite because I do want there to be two different looks 
to this because they are different shows. They're different programs with different wrestlers now because there is like this uh, brand split, like how you have guys on SmackDown and certain guys on Raw. Um, I just think it's going to be good all around. I'm being a, a, hope, uh, a hopeful uh, Jolly Roger here and saying this. But what do you think about Punk coming back? The fucking dryer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not me personally, since I don't know Punk that well. Like, for me, I'm, I'm kind of, like, mixed. I have mixed feelings about it. Just mainly because he had that, you know, uh, the, that diva. Prima Donna meltdown. Yeah, Prima Donna meltdown. Hmm. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. Um, at the the brawl out at all out yeah <laughs> um but if he can you know use that to his advantage mm-hmm. and you know he turns heel and puts on a good show fuck it why not fuck it man took it yeah yep if you can turn a bad situation into good yeah Props to the fucking company. Yeah. And the wrestlers involved. Yeah. You know, because... Because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people at AEW right now that are not happy with them. But if they can work with it... Yeah. Well, in the crowd reception tonight, when they announced... <sighs> excuse me. CM Punk coming back. The crowd reception was very mixed. Yeah. It was very 50-50. And when I told you that, and that it was good, you were like, what? Why? And I was like, because he has real heat now, mm-hmm. and it's going to give people a reason to hate watch. Yeah. You know? It's going to give people a reason to go to the show so they can boo him. Which, I mean, you know, people do that. People do it all the time. Yeah. You know? Is that they're gonna go there for you know their favorite wrestler, their favorite wrestler, wrestler. But they're definitely gonna have another reason to go, and it's to go boo CM Punk. It's like that fucking gif. Everyone boo this man. You know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I mean, after you explained it that way to me earlier, I, I I completely understand how it can be a positive. Right. So, like I said, you know, as long as they they can run with it well why not you know it is it's just it's all around positive if you can make it a positive yeah now if they do if they you know if he has his prima donna shit happen again that's kind of i'm like eh, hopefully he doesn't but i'm pretty yeah. sure they the reason they took so long is because they had long talks they, they most likely did, and they probably had a lot of stuff to iron out yeah. like, legally, too. Yeah. You know, to prevent him from causing any harm to the brand or whatever, or libel or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, even after you explain it, I'm still a little bit mixed about it, but if they can pull it off, I'm all for it. Yeah. as Like, as long as, like I was saying earlier... As long as he keeps his shit together, I think it'll be all good. I mean, I mean, 
he was able to keep his shit together for so long until he had the little fucking meltdown. So yeah, and I, th- I think it was also kind of like a poke of the bear situation, like poking the bear kind of situation, where certain people were poking certain people. Yeah. Until someone had a reaction. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't put it all on him to begin with, but you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, they're probably gonna give him a little more free reign, especially if he does go heel. I mean, I would kind of tighten that shit up until he can prove he's like a, you know. I mean, what I mean is like he can act out a little bit within character. You know, and yeah, I mean, yeah, because then that makes it even more of like a is it real? Is it not? Yeah, you know, this whole because you can definitely work with the situation, yeah, which I mean, fuck, they probably should have done a while ago, true, but like you said, like while the iron was still hot, you know, but again, yeah, I get it, like, like you said, there's probably some legal talks. You know, and you know, legal stuff is never short term. It's it's something that takes a while. Yeah, because I mean, like AEW probably has their lawyers and the drafting shit and sending his the, uh, his lawyers and representatives that shit, and then da 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 back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They all had to come to a middle ground at some point. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, take a quick break. Actually, no, we'll just wrap the podcast here. So, we want to say thank you, everyone, for listening to this very all-elite wrestling podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We promise next time to sprinkle in some more stuff. There was just a lot to go over. It was a very good good weekend for AEW. Honestly, we probably glossed over a lot. We did. We really did. And we still managed to put in this much time into it. Yeah, I mean, there's podcasts that go like five hours in reviewing a fucking pay-per-view. Yeah, you so know? I mean. Yeah. So, once again, guys, thank you very much. Thank you, Game On Expo. We thank AEW for all of its goodness. <laughs> I'm Nerdy Nick. You can find me on YouTube at NerdyNick underscore 91. And on Instagram at the same name. And you can follow me on Twitter at BuffNerd. You can find Josh deep in the thickness. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> All up in Taya Valkyrie's Oh my god. Shit. <laughs> He'll be diving straight into that sauce. Oh god. <laughs> this has been the N Squared Podcast. And we'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>